DJ and PK, we are joined now by Pete Thamel, National College Football Writer for Yahoo Sports. He's on the T-Mobile Special Guest Line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Pete, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. We are curious. Well, we're curious about many things, but let's start with the most obvious one. BYU is 3-0, winning by an average score of 49-8. to but beating teams that, uh, well, we follow Navy, but we don't follow the others. We don't know how good they are. Navy just got drilled by Air Force. What, what does all this mean? BYU's crushing people, but what does it mean? How good are they? I think they're excellent. They have an excellent quarterback, and they have excellent lines, right? If, if you're really going to take a barometer and try to judge a team without the proper empirical evidence of opponents, I think the the place you start are you know the quarterback in the trenches, and that's where BYU has in, has impressed me the most. I've watched a lot of them this year just because they've been on and in uh, really good, really great windows. So so they have not got the best schedule uh, in college football due due to obvious reasons because of the pandemic, and they had an excellent schedule uh, prior, but they have had a ton of exposure, which you you, you got to give Tom Homo credit for. Um, and I really think that uh, I really think that they're they're excellent. You know, this is the kind of team that if they were still in the Mountain West, I think they'd be favored to win it at this point. So obviously, they haven't had the best schedule, as you say. If they should go undefeated, which is still, you know, they've got a long way to go, so we can't say that just yet. And who knows if they're going to play the games and all that stuff? But just for argument's sake, we say you don't have the best schedule. If they go undefeated, would they have the worst schedule of undefeated teams? Well, it's hard to say because you you don't know who else is going to go undefeated. But everyone, they're not going to make the playoff. All right, like we can just get that out of the way right now because they're just they're not going to have they're going to have one potential top twenty five game against Boise, maybe two, but no more than that. So that's a that's a pipe dream. But what you want to do is position yourself to to get that other New York Six bull bid. And I would think because of the exposure, because of the tenor, because of the star power, Zach Wilson, they're at least going to have like they're, they're going to. They have so far thrust themselves into that conversation, and let's face it, they probably weren't in that conversation um, seriously considered when the, when the season started. So good on them; they've they've earned it. They've earned it through authoritative wins, and and, and props to Kalani Sataki. He's done a he's done an excellent job, kind of on a slow burn build there. So when you look at them, you know one way to measure this is uh, how many NFL players do they have. What do NFL scouts say about them? Have you heard any of that? It's early for that, um, just because the, the the scouts, you know, they usually have gone through camps and all that stuff. Like the normal rhythms of scouting is are a little bit d- disrupted right now. I, I will say, and I wrote this this weekend on uh, on Yahoo Sports in my takeaways column that that like Zach Wilson right now, you know, can be considered someone who will be considering the draft. Like he has gotten the attention of NFL scouts, and they have realized like they need to take a look at him and consider him for this draft. I'm not saying he's going to go. I'm not saying it's inevitable. There's, there's a pretty gar- good argument where he comes back, plays better competition, grows another year, and he could be one of the faces of college football next season. Um, you know, the last five years or so, that kind of patience really hasn't been prominent amongst, uh, amongst prospects, and I don't claim to know Zag or anything about him or his thinking. Um, so I really have no, I really have no sense. But, uh, I mean, that is – that is a position that the NFL will be looking closely at this this year. And in terms of other personnel, it, it, it's too early for me to, uh, to to start, you know, making declarations on other BYU players. 
I always felt that Ty Detmer, in part, won the Heisman because of the guys who've gone before him, like Steve Young, Nielsen, Wilson, McMahon, Bosco. We, we know the names. So the point is that they had a rep leading up to Detmer, and Detmer was phenomenal in his own right. Now we've had more recently a guy like John Beck, Max Hall, a little bit of the NFL experience. How much do you think BYU's tradition of excellent quarterbacks will help Wilson get more individual publicity but also the program in general as it tries to make its way to that new york new york six and new year's six as you say the new york six i like it it's a new yeah, uh, new name uh, <laughs> i i really think that you know the byu quarterback lineage is sort of one of the one of the gilded positions in in all college sports right there's just there's there's some magic in a in a byu quarterback so we're going to pay a little extra attention when the byu quarterback is special like zach zach wilson is so i mean one of the things that that fuels college uh, football and college athletics is that it's rooted in nostalgia, right? Like people like to remember when Steve Young was playing there. People like to remember when Ty Detmer was playing there. And, you know, Zach Wilson's season that, that he's having right now rekindles those memories. And that, that I think, uh, is, is, is part of, uh, you know, is part of that nostalgia tug of college sports that make it such a, uh, that make it such a powerful, uh, powerful driver. So, um, no, I, I think that in, in just the, the credibility of that position, you know, in the NFL and obviously just historically the credibility of that position is only going to benefit him. Well, you play the nostalgia card in uh, Pac-12 or Pac-10 or Pac-8 fans. Remember, remember when USC was a perennial power in the conference with all the guys opting out at Oregon? Is Oregon still the favorite? Is USC the favorite? Is it wide open? Is it somebody else? What are you thinking? I would think Oregon is is, is still the favorite. I mean, nobody wins off seasons like USC, right? Like, um, what did they lose? Five games last year off the top of my head? Uh, were they eight and five? I think you're right, but I'll check. Yeah, I think they were eight and five last year. So, like, that's that's a lot of games to lose, including one to uh, one to BYU, which wasn't necessarily a terrible loss, but at the time it wasn't great because of who who else BYU had uh, had had lost. Yeah, they were eight and five, and they went seven and two in the uh, in, in the Pac-12. Yeah. So, I just have a hard time. And you got to remember, they lost uh, an offensive tackle who was a first round pick for the draft. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker still hasn't said that the, the talented guard, who's a potential first round pick, still hasn't said if he's coming back this year. Um, you know, it's it's USC and they've recruited well, but t- to me, to take a take a five loss team and insert them as the as the favorite, I think is brand bias more than more than any sort of reality we've seen. Already this season has been crazy. A lot of things that we didn't anticipate and going forward here, we're going to get the uh, other conferences getting going the next month or so. And with that in mind, you know, one of the knocks against college football is that when we get to the four-team playoff, you know, we could pretty much predict the six teams that will be in contention and probably have a good shot to get at least half, if not all four. Do you think that maybe this year it could be a little bit different or it's not going to matter, and when we get to December, in the middle of December, we're going to see the same teams vying for the four berths? I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises this year. I think this year is going to be a mess, and it may be a little more controversial picking between four and five, but again, it's very, it's very, very early, and we've only seen, what, two weeks of the SEC. 
and it is kind of a mess. You can't even keep track of it in your mind anymore. Um, but I, I will say that I, I don't think like there is going to be. Will, will teams get upset? Sure, because of the chaotic nature of it. But I think when it when we drill down, especially because of these conference only samples, I, I, I have a hard time imagining some team coming from out of nowhere in uh, in, in getting in this playoff. I'm I'm skeptical of the Pac-12's ability to get there, but at the same time, the Big Twelve is really a eliminated itself as much as any major conference has by, uh, you know, know, early October per per se. So the Pac-12's credibility issue is really going to be on display right now because the problem out there is just there aren't a ton of good wins on the table because a lot of those programs just haven't produced very well and can't go out of conference and prove themselves this year. I mean, we're already going to have, by the time the Pac-12 kicks off, we're already going to have such refined opinions about Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, not as much Ohio State and uh, Penn State. But, like, they're already going to be known quantities to such an extent that it's really going to be hard in a, in a short window for a Pac-12 team to leapfrog some of those, some of those big brands. Pete Dammel joined us, National College football writer for Yahoo Sports. Are any coaches going to be held accountable for disappointments this year? Are they going to be fired? Or because of the financial situation, has everyone got to stick with whoever's under contract? Because buyouts, first off, it's hard to come up with the money. And second, if you do, it looks bad. Well, Southern Miss already parted ways with their coach. So it was like the same week I wrote a column that said there won't be a lot of coaches fired this year. So it shows you how much I know. Um, I really think that there will be a measure of austerity. And what we, what I struggle for us to see is like Texas would owe like Tom Herman and his staff $25 million. So you can talk about them being on the hot seat, but I just don't think there's any element of reality of that. That's just a huge number. I, the big, untenable buyouts and you know look you saw out west in recent years todd graham at arizona state jim mora at ucla um you know there have been there have been a handful that have been right around the 10 million dollar mark that have just been like wow that's a you know that's a lot of money i don't think we'll see any wows this season will we see some people lose their job yeah like some folks could retire you know, there's always going to be some people who flop. These are hard jobs, right? These guys have very, very difficult jobs. And so the stress of doing this job in a pandemic under these crazy rules with the virus just, uh, you know, like, all right, we don't have any cornerbacks today. We got to, we got to, we got to get new defense. Like that element of it, I mean, it's an unpredictable job anyway. That element of it could drive some guys out. We could see, you know, if there's going to be a big wow job, it could be somebody going to the NFL being like, all right, I got enough of this, um, a high-end guy, then more likely than Gus Malzahn getting fired. So I like your point of the Pac-12 starting so late will have the great body of evidence for the SEC and ACC of what been playing for so long. And Ohio State, you know – they could probably start December 19th and go 1-0 and and get in because they're Ohio State. So with the Pac-12, they're always playing from behind. So what I'm getting from you is they're playing even more from behind this year. So with that in mind, if they had a 7-0 and team that didn't get in, would that be the worst look of the Pac-12 in the years that they've had this playoff of having somebody be undefeated and still not get in? 
I got a prediction. I don't think anybody's going seven and zero out there. I don't think anybody's discernibly so much better than anyone else. Sure. Amid this mess of chaos and opt outs and everything, I just have a hard time envisioning a team out there going undefeated. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Right. But I just have a hard time because won't they end up with? And forgive me for not knowing this. The schedules have been impossible to track. Are they seven and then the playoffs eight, or are they six and the six, playoffs eight? Six seven? plus one. Six and seven. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look, most of those teams lose in division play anyway, right? They like, do, It's yeah. hard to imagine USC running through division play when they haven't run through division play in recent right. years, right? Yeah. And Oregon has a new starter at quarterback. They lose two corners. Now, look, they've recruited well, and they're talented, and, uh, you know, in, in everything. Obviously, you know, Panay Sewell is probably the best player in the Pac-12 period this season. So, certainly the best NFL prospect. So, like, there, there's there's enough uncertainty at Oregon where it's hard to just, like, write them in at 6-0 and when, like, you've got Washington likely on a little bit of an uptick. Washington State's going to be goofy as heck to play under Rolovich. Like, that's, you know, there's a new style there that, they, that they've got to play. I have a hard time seeing Stanford without a pulse again. Just in, And Cal has been salty. Cal Constonia, you know, we've, we've seen, we've seen Justin really uh, pull that program up and, and, and rise. And I, I don't know who Oregon's crossover is off the top of my head. I think it's UCLA at home, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And so, you know, that, you know, could they, should they, will they be favored in those six games? Absolutely. They will. There's no reason they shouldn't be, but to, to say they're just going to win them all with the, with the losses that they, with the personnel losses they had, and all the goofiness. I mean, you're one, you know, you're one party bus as we saw, or keg party, or whatever away. I, I'm just, I'm just learning. It, it's hard to, it's hard to assume in these COVID times, guys. Pete Dammel, national college football writer for Yahoo Sports, joining us. So I'm curious if we're going to hear the SEC. And let's be honest, for a long time, if you play eight conference games, you get into the playoff. If you play nine, you're at risk, whether you're the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or uh, the Big 12. So is the SEC going to be in the weird position of suddenly arguing, oh, we played ten conference games, let this 8-3 uh, and three or 8-2 and two or 9-2 and two team in? Of course that's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> it will be the most wondrously hypocritical thing that we've ever seen, right? Um and like there is, there is some sort of validity to the, you know, to to the argument. It's a two-loss SEC team. I mean, who you? I've always been a big fan of who have you played and who have you beaten, right? Like that's really what it. That's really what it comes down to. And what are your what are your best wins? It's just gonna be so hard to judge that stuff because what is what is Cal, right? What is Cal if they haven't gone out of conference and played anybody? We don't know what Cal is, right? So it's it's just, it's these these really tiny sample sets being being judged against each other and at least the SEC's saying okay we're at least playing 10 certifiable games where the opponent has some brand resonance right like that's that's a lot different than six games I, in you know so um and, but i mean look like the big 12 decided to play an out of league game basically as an inventory play to fulfill their tv obligations and that proved disastrous for the league right like the the Big Twelve would still be a mess, but it wouldn't have half the problems if it, it of of credibility if Louisiana didn't win at Iowa State and uh, K State didn't lose to uh, or if K State was two and zero with the two wins they had right now, you know we'd be they'd be ranked you know they'd be ranked third in the country right not not that high but you know what I mean so yeah. it's 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 going to be 
the the most fascinating argument playoff that we've ever seen. So in terms of credibility for BYU's sake, does Boise State become their Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah, that's gonna be a huge that's gonna be a huge game. Is that a weekday game? I haven't said it yet. First week of uh, November, either that Friday or Saturday. Okay. It was originally going to be the Friday night on the schedule. It's okay. the same weekend, but we don't know now, as since it's been rescheduled, if it'll be Friday or Saturday. Okay. Well, that'll be uh, you know that I would imagine that ends up on a Friday, right? And so the world, so the world can watch. And the good thing for for BYU's sake is not only a committee, but college sports fans have to be conversant in BYU at this point. Right, like, 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 much more so than than most most seasons, just because the exclusivity of their windows has been pretty dynamic. Pete Thamel, national college football writer for Yahoo Sports. Last thing before we let you go. So, with all the questions you bring up, there's two things that could happen here. One, they could move the playoffs back a couple weeks so that more teams can play either you know, an SEC team or a Big 12 team that needs to reschedule a game, or just so the Pac-12 could schedule two more games. They could do that. There seems to be zero momentum for it. They also could go to an 18 playoff, which has been suggested, but there seems to be zero momentum for it. Why are they so stuck on a 14 playoff on these dates in a year when we know there isn't enough information to make a good choice and when we know everyone needs more games, regular season or playoffs, to make more money because everybody has budget issues? You know, it's, it's a good question. You know, I did a column months ago about how the financial crunch from this is going to lead to playoff expansion. I was talking to some smart people in the business side of college sports, and somebody brought up a good point. They said, you know, especially at that time when there didn't look like a lot of sports were going to be played as many as we saw now. And it's still a time of austerity with advertisers and everything. They, someone said, don't be so sure TV can just double the paycheck, right? Cause it's a big paycheck. Don't be so sure that, you know, ESPN can just clean out the couch cushions and, and fork over a couple hundred extra million. You know what I mean? Like the, the all these deals work every way. So it's easy to sit around and, you know, move and say, Oh, this state and this state, and we can just do it. But, you need the extra couple hundred million revenue there. And I don't know if that has, you know, if that has been made available or not made available, but it's sort of just worth thinking through from, from every, uh, from every direction. Now, the, the argument that the college football playoff people would tell you is, oh, you know, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of ancillary things that go with these events, um, in, in their, their book years in advance, et cetera, et cetera. And we've seen schedules literally blown up and, and remade in, 24 hours during this whole thing. So now the, the scale of the event and everything, and again, fans, no fans, I have no idea, right? But I, they, there are there are some complications. I mean, shoot, it, I think it would be really smart for them to go to an 18 playoff, but um, it does not surprise me just dealing with dealing with the, the playoff and dealing with folks. It's hard to make change in college athletics. Pete, we appreciate the time and the perspective. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Talk to you. Pete Thamel, National College Football Writer for Yahoo Sports. You can read him at, uh, at Yahoo all the time. He's just cranking stuff out. Thanks to Pete for coming on the show.